Hello guys, welcome back you guys. Thanks for all, all being here. Mm -hmm. Let me just say a couple of things, I guess, before we start, since I haven't talked to anybody, but uh, obviously it's, uh, you know, we've been going at this for about a week now with uh, the rookie camp and that, so very excited about the season, very optimistic about the season. Um, I think most of you around last weekend for the prospects uh, showcase, that went really well for us uh, from the win-loss standpoint, getting a uh, 3-0 th uh, three, record. I thought our rookies were, were good. Uh, just to talk about a few names, and as far as uh, goaltender, I think Connor Ingram showed really good as he did again uh, today. This is the guy that we traded for uh, with Tampa Bay, and we're you know obviously trying to uh, formulate our, our depth and, and goal and have some prospects behind Pekka and uh, and Saros. But I think he's done really well so far <clears throat> on, on defense. We only played Fabro in one game. He played really well that first game and really appears that he's ready to uh, either take a spot or depending on what side you are or not lose a spot that he had at the end of uh, last year looked real good. Uh, the player that we traded, uh, one of the players we traded for PK, Jeremy Davies, is continuing to catch our eyes and looks like a, a good prospect. Plus he went to Northeastern, which is my alma mater, so <laughs> that maybe has the inside track, but he's looked uh, very good to this, to this point. Alex Carrier, who's played two years down in Milwaukee, uh, played well in the camp and, and again here here today. So I think uh, we've got good depth there. Uh, forwards, uh, some, you know, on the speed end of it, I mean, Rem Pitlick, <coughs> Pitlick both scored and had great speed. And he seems like uh, his time that he spent with us last year at uh, at the end of the year has served him him well. Uh, Anthony Richard is a guy that scored some goals down in Milwaukee last year. He can kill some penalties and he has some speed. So we're liking what we see out of uh, uh, Anthony. And then Tolvin and did his thing by scoring. Uh, Four, four goals. So uh, from that standpoint, uh, you know, it gives us some good decisions as we as we move forward. I I really believe uh, that uh, we we have a lot of depth this year, and I think for those of you who've been around last week and watching that there, that uh, we probably has as much depth in the organization as we've ever ever had. Um, understatement, but obvious. Our, our primary goal in training camp is to set our our roster. Um, uh, again, I don't want to make changes for the sake of making uh, changes. I want to make changes for, for getting better. Uh, that's really what I told the players uh, when we started uh, training camp. And, you know, based on what we saw there today, I think we're going to have some tough decisions and I think we've got some real, real competition. Uh, so last few years, we've carried eight defensemen and 13 forwards. I just want to point out that that may be the case again. It may not be the case. Uh, it's probably going to be determined by who are the best players, who are our best assets, and at what positions. And again, just repeating myself, I think we have good depth in both forwards and defense, and it'll be really interesting how it how it plays plays out. Um, a lot of the decisions that we're going to make at training camp will be uh, with an eye towards offense, uh, something that we talked about a lot at the end of uh, last year. We certainly believe that with the addition of Matt Duchesne, uh, that he will help us with the offense and help us specifically with our top two lines. But I also believe that we, we based on our depth and how we could set up, we could actually have a better scoring balance on all, all four lines. Uh, back on the defense again for a second, we got 11 players here that have played, uh, have NHL experience on, on defense. I think you will see uh, Coach Lavalette, uh, not only in this scrimmage, but in uh, preseason games, probably use a multitude of different pairings just to see where the fits might be. And, how that all all plays out. Uh, all these guys bring a little bit different element to the to the table and skill set. So we'll see what uh, combinations complement each other. 
uh, if you were out at Centennial yesterday, you would have seen our newest coach, Danny Lam Lambert. Uh, we really think Dan's going to do a really good uh, job for us uh, on the offensive side of our game and specifically on our on our power play. And so far, so good. I really feel good about uh, the addition of uh, Dan to our, our team. Um, I guess I guess one other thing before I ask questions, just <clears throat> on the Roman Yossi thing, um, they're ongoing conversations, regular conversations. Uh, frustrating for me to say it to you, but not much more I can, can say. We're just both continue to talk and work towards a contract. And that's the only update I have there. Okay, questions? Are you surprised, or given recent history, are you surprised that, I mean, Roman said he wants to be here, you guys have said you want to be here, are you surprised it's taken this long to, to negotiate? Each, each negotiation has certain, uh, certain elements that make it, uh, make it uh, you know, different. I mean, uh, he was gone almost a month, uh, not any communication. Can we blame him? He just went on his honeymoon, you know. So there's that. Then there's this, uh, you know. There's a lot of guys that are unsigned this year, RFAs or what have you. That I mean, you could say it as a factor. Or somebody else might say they won't have a factor. There's just lots of different things, and every negotiation is 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 different. Do you believe, David, that the external factors, the unsigned RFAs, and, and players outside of your organization have had an effect on on what you want to do? On what I want to do, no, not not really, no. no. Yeah, I think. I mean, again, it's uh, it's made sense to me since day one, or you know, since we've started, you know, talking and you know, it's talk and talking over a year with his representatives, and um, yeah, I I think it totally makes sense. How do you think a potential move to the wing could help Kyle Turris rebound? Well, if Duchesne remains in the middle, uh, with Joey and Duchesne being our one-two centers, it's necessary for, for that to happen if he's going to play, have an opportunity in the top, top two lines. Um, I, I think, as I said about the defense, and you, know, you probably should ask Peter a little bit more than me, I think he's going to try some, a lot of different combinations there and probably uh, you know, Kyle, I'm sure you'll see Kyle back at the center ice in, in preseason games also. Um, I don't know how to, to really answer the, the, the question. I mean, again, I'm thinking that we could be, in my most optimistic way, we could be dynamite with, you know, three, three lines of Kyle being one of the three, three centers. I mean, we haven't had three centers like that with the offensive uh, capabilities. On the other hand, that's a very coveted spot to play on the left wing with uh, Joey and Harvey if, if uh, Peter decides to play Phillips, say, with Duchesne like he had in practice yesterday. So <clears throat> I think it's a, it's a new thing for a uh, new opportunity for, for Kyle, and I think this experimentation is just going to be part of, of training camp. Would it be, say, more beneficial than playing with with guys around him who can make him better as opposed to expect maybe playing him on a third or fourth line where he has to kind of bring those guys up. Not that he's not capable yeah. of it, but I mean, it could rejuvenate his game or maybe boost his confidence a little playing with those guys. I, I think it could be successful in both both ways. I mean, it really is, you know, Kyle's, uh, we, we've talked a lot about it, and you know, Kyle will be probably the first to admit that he didn't have the year that he wanted to have, a couple of injuries, and obviously didn't 
didn't happen for him, and our secondary scoring wasn't wasn't there. And it's it just need, Kyle needs to be what he was when we first traded for him. If he's if he's what if he gets back to that level again, I don't care where we play him. That's going to be great for for us and for our team. With looking at roster spot battles, you're very excited about signing Daniel Carr. First couple days seeing him, just how excited are you to see him out there competing? Well, again, uh, you know we've got to find out where the fit is uh, for him. I mean, you sign an offensive uh, player, we're looking for more offense in our team. I think you'll see in the preseason games again where <clears throat> Peter structures the roster so that uh, Daniel Carr gets a good good opportunity. But he's in a battle for sure with uh, you know lots of guys uh, that uh, you know when you when you count the numbers. I mean, we've got I think 15, 15 players in one-way contracts, and now you and then you have Tolvin and you have. Rem Pitlick, you've got Anthony Richard that I just uh, mentioned from the <clears throat> from the rookie camp. That I mean, uh, I don't think they're just going to lay down and uh, you know, not put up a fight. David, in your experience <coughs> with Daniel, in talking about Daniel Clark, in your experience, and obviously had a very good season last year mm -hmm. in the AHL. Um, but it doesn't always good offensive numbers in the AHL don't always translate mm -hmm. into the NHL. Is, I mean, is there a reason for that in your mind? And what about Daniel's skill set do you think can translate to finding offensive success? Well, what you, the way you asked the question, it's, you're, you're exactly right. You know, I mean, so it's, a, uh, it's not a sure thing for, for us or for Daniel, but he's been knocking on the door for a couple of years. Um, and the opportunities that he's been given, they've been very, uh, very limited. So I, I'm sure he would say the same thing from his, his standpoint. I mean. Uh, again, what if uh, what if Lavi put him on a line with Joey and Harvey? I mean, I mean that. I guess you could find out right away, wouldn't you? I mean, whether he can, whether he can do it. So, I, again, I don't have the crystal ball. What's what's going to going to happen? Um, I hope I hope it works out for Daniel and for us. I mean, at the worst case scenario, it's got great depth. And when you look at the eighty-two game schedule and your players that you call up, in my in my view. What's happened the past few years when we've run into um, injuries, we've been able to call up some decent players. But with all due respect, it's been more for the, a lower line. Um, and again, I'm not on the first day or second day of training camp, so I mean to have Carr in our organization both playing for us regular or, or from the first line to say the fourth line that you can have an offensive player like that or as a call up, it's all it's all has good possibilities. So. I think he's going to have an impact on our team at, at some point, whether it's on a full-time basis or not. But let's give it a little bit of time to see what happens. And you, you enjoy, you have enjoyed in the, the recent years, and maybe even your whole career, a certain level of flexibility against the cap and roster things. But, but you seem to be up against the cap right now. How comfortable are you going into the season with that situation? Not very comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, uh, I've liked our position before from a a fiscal uh, standpoint, uh, again, it's unavoidable to be a, one of the better teams in the, in the league uh, as long as we've been. I think that's got to take the, the good news with the, with the bad news. And, you know, it's, it's something that everybody's dealing with. You read about it every day, every, every signing is, you know, somebody signs a contract and right away they say they got this much left in the, in the cap. It's just uh, the way it is. And it's, you know, we get over half of the teams that are just knocking on the on the door right now. So it'll be really interesting to see how it plays out for you know everybody. You know how that affects uh, your your trading ability if you if you need to or want to make a change during the season. It, how it 
oh, what kind of uh, flexibility opportunity that you have at the trading deadline. We've always been in a good position where we could uh, we could add substantial salary at the trading deadline in recent years. So it's a it's a different world, and uh, I'm happy with our team. Just wish it was for less money. <laughs> We've talked about rebuilding the cupboard a lot, and there's been a lot of that with free agent signs from college and draft picks, and obviously seeing a lot of Milwaukee players here as well. How excited are Carl Taylor and Scott Ford seeing the depth of this organization now and the guys that have graduated within draft picks and also that you've signed? Yeah, we've done a really good job starting last year of getting a better uh, team in Milwaukee with more more prospects. Again, the story is pretty, pretty simple. We've been at a high competitive uh, level. We traded away first picks, second picks, prospects. I mean, we've kind of cleaned out the, the cupboards. So now we're building it back up there. So it's it's it feels much better. I still uh, have challenged our scouts and guys to find free agents to, to do whatever we can to keep going that direction. They also have told me that they're going to take my cell phone away again at the trading deadline so we don't <laughs> trade first and second picks and we can do that. Like. Uh, and like first impressions this year, we, we've got, looks, feels to me we've got two terrific picks in our first first two picks. Uh, you know, again, they're in all likelihood probably going to go back to junior, but I feel really good about them. Last few years at training camp, we haven't had anything like that. So there's two 18-year-olds right here. That's, that's, that's a good start for us. David, how close is Dolly to being ready to be a full-time NHL player here in your eyes? I know he's, he's young, but he's, he's, really, he's been here for a while being just 20 years old. Yeah, it's been there for one year. I mean, I said that's the problem because he's got such good, so much hype, so much hype that KHL year, you know, so much hype. And last year was not an easy year for him. It was an okay year, but again, he had to be what one of three or four youngest players in the in the league. And then so this year he's already better. We see that better condition, moving better, scoring more more goals in the in the rookie tournament. I mean the. the this next week, you'll see him again tomorrow. You're probably, I'm sure he's going to play in one of the two Tampa Bay games. In a week from now, we'll have a much better, better read on whether he was able to play, have any success, or what have you. So, it's, I mean, again, his his expectations are probably as high as anybody, you know, from our, from what he's gone through with the success at the KHL level, and you know, we got a, got a lot of recognition that year, a lot of fanfare coming in, and uh, it, it it takes time, but. I mean, to me, we're way ahead of where we were last year. When you consider Mikhail Granlin coming over to the trade deadline, which is hard enough for any player, but then of course, his, you know, having his his wife having their son the right. same day or the day after, do you ever feel like Mikhail ever looked or felt settled last year? And what are your expectations for him this season? No, it didn't. It never felt that way that he ever, you know, really, you know, was a completely. You know, settled into use your your word. I mean, it's you know, again, it's still a twenty game thing, and et cetera, et cetera. But uh, the timing was not not good for him, certainly from a personal standpoint. And from there, you know, you you got to make your own decision on how it played out. Because I think I've said to you and others, I mean, you know, with you know, lengthy end of the year meetings last year, and talked about a lot of stuff. His name got brought up a lot in a very positive way by multiple players as a guy that they really wanted to back on our team, a guy that they felt was hard to play against, all of those things. Um, from the onset of you know training camp, just I've seen him a, just a couple of times, but it just seems like it's he feels more of a predator and this is more of his team right now. So 
I, again, it could be in a real good situation on a line with if it's you know say say Duchesne if he's if Lavi keeps those at least pairs together. So I'm you know I'm as optimistic as I can be that uh, we're going to see the Michael Granlund that we traded for. Part of the reason why you were willing to let PK go because you felt like you had a, you know, some in the future could take his, his spot or mm -hmm. whatever. Um, is there a, is there a, talking pressure or expectations? I don't even think he went through college, but what are your kind of, I don't know if there's expectations or right, what are your impressions of what his role should be this soon in his career? I think we're going to give him as much as he can handle, and but I think we've got other veterans uh, that can move up and that play left side, right side if we if we need to. So I think we've, and hopefully we have the right setup that allow him to be successful. Uh, based on how I've seen him in the rookie camp for one game, how I've seen him today, he looks really, really good. And I think he's, maybe we won't have enough for him to handle. <laughs> I don't know. But again, we have to, you know, we always are a little cautious with our, our younger players, put him in that position to be successful, that, that type of a, a situation. But remember last year, PK got hurt for a long period of time, and uh, Dan Hamhuis went and played with Eki, and they were, they were terrific together. So, again, 82-game schedule we're looking at, lots of opportunities. Matt Irwin has moved up before. Weber has played with Eki, so we've had different different combinations. But, you know, uh, Fabro looks uh, really good to us at, at the outset here. Understanding, David, that your priority is getting Roman under contract, are you, or will you consider Having re-signing Kyle and Craig Smith at any point in season. Uh, in, in priority, uh, Roman is is first, and then we'll go f go from there. And because <clears throat> Roman's dollars are such that you know we're going to have to do some long-term planning. But uh, you know the goal, if we're successful, is always to keep the band together. Um, like that, I mean, again, with the, the age of those guys. Be, be nice if uh, they had good years, and it'd be nice if we could resign them. But I think uh, one one big contract at a time. I know you probably can't give me a number, but uh, you mentioned a lot about competition in the rookie prospect showcase, and then here at training camp, and guys battling for position. How many spots would you say? Again, not a specific number, but just are actually open on this team. Probably have to answer it a, a different way. I mean, you can go by our defense that was here last year, or forwards are here last year. Our are the incumbents such that we want that they can uh, play better, succeed somebody? Do we want to make a change? Do we want to make a change because they're better? Do we want to make a change because they could bring a different element, whether it be, say, goal scoring or speed, penalty killing, power play, offense? You know, it's the, all the examples. It's uh, Daniel Carr being the leading scorer of the American Hockey League. Now, would he be better than a guy that didn't put up much offense last year and so he could? From that standpoint, chip in at a higher rate would that benefit our club more? Same thing on, on defense. We know who are the guys we have. We've seen a couple of young players. Do they have something that they could bring to the table that might be uh, better? And again, when we do all this, I mean, I look at the whole year long, I mean, in terms of our, our depth or what have you. So without naming names, I could make a case that this guy looks pretty good at training camp, but uh, him playing 20 plus minutes down in. Milwaukee and you know playing all the special teams and what have you might be the best way to uh, get him more ready for when we want to call him up so we could maybe have changes on October 1st when we start the season 
because we have the depth and we want to make changes for the for the belief that if we do that we'll get better but maybe it's in a, in a couple of months maybe it's near the maybe the trading deadline maybe their trading deadline is really uh, promoting players from within instead of making you know big trades from outside the organization so there's a lot of things there I think there's a lot of possibilities I like what we're we're working with I like what's on the on the on the table we got a lot of a lot of things to decide. It's 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 good. Thanks, David. Thanks, David. Okay, guys.